Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to A Conversation with Two Geeks, the podcast where we're talking about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we'll be talking about everything from Venom 2 moving to October against a pretty stacked crowd to our thoughts on Marvel's What If, Episode 1, and much more. And also, feel free to give us a follow on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks, that's at the number two. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or our previous episodes, we're at conversationwith2geeks at gmail.com, and that is spelled all the way out. And we'll have a link to this in the show notes. So, it's been a hot second. Um, we've, we've been away. I, or rather, I've been away. So, um, Apollos, well, we've kind of been away, uh, or at least we haven't, I think this is our first show together. This is our first show, like, together together in a while, right? Or, no, we did the Blade Runner episode. We did the Blade Runner, but this is... Oh, like Robocop. No, yeah, but we had guests for those ones, though. Mm-hmm. So this, I feel like this is our first one where it's just us. That, that it's been a while because mm-hmm. we've been we've both been busy. I started work. You've been doing all your stuff that you've been doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's a little, it's crazy. It's been a it's been a hot second. Yeah, it it has been, but it um as the song says um reunited and feeling so good. <laughs> No, it is awesome. I've missed recording. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And for our listeners, I appreciate you being patient with our weird uploading schedule because yeah. it's been a little bit all over the place. But uh, appreciate you guys sticking in there with us. Hopefully, hopefully once because um, you start back at school soon, right? I start the not next week, not this upcoming week, but the week after next. Yeah, so once you start that and we get more of your your schedule and then we work it with my work schedule, we'll probably find a better balance mm-hmm. with everything. So yeah. um, appreciate you guys sticking with us through the summer when it's been mm-hmm. a little bit all over the place. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, moving on to our first topic of the day. Uh, Ven- According to Variety, Sony Pictures is pushing Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the Andy Circus directed sequel to 2018 Venom, starring Tom Hardy as the titular character, up three weeks from its original date of September 24th to October 15th, putting it in the same weekend as Universal's Halloween Kills, the sequel to 2018 Halloween, and 20th Century Studios' The Last Duel, which is being directed by Ridley Scott. This comes as COVID-19 cases are skyrocketing in the U.S. due to the highly contagious Delta variant, which has led to a decline of movie going among audiences. According to a recent survey conducted by the National Research Group, 67% of moviegoers say that they are very, very or somewhat comfortable visiting their local multiplex, which is a dip of 3% compared to last week and down 14% from one month ago. So, <sighs> yeah. But I, I'm, we'll talk about the, I'll talk about this a bit later with the Suicide Squad because we will be, well, or at least I'll be discussing my thoughts on that. But this is, this thing is kind of scaring me. And it's side note, and I'm going to say this once. And if I get any sort of negative feedback, I will not answer to it. I'm just letting people know about that. Unless you have a, unless you have a very valid medical condition that prevents you from getting it. Get fucking vaccinated, people. I know. I just, I that that's all I'm gonna say. Or just because this thing. Cause... <sighs> I, I know, I know. Um, the thing is, and I hope, I I I feel like hopefully people are starting to realize is that this isn't gonna go away until until like. We all get vaccinated, mm-hmm. or, or we find a cure for it. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of where we're at now, because um, mm-hmm. we haven't reached um, herd immunity. Level. Yeah, we haven't reached that yet. And once we reach that, then it'll start going away. But mm-hmm. because there's just this weird mix of people who've been vaccinated and non-vaccinated people, um, we're just gonna be stuck in this limbo for a while. So hopefully, um. I don't know. We'll just have to see. But if you can get vaccinated, if you're healthy enough to get vaccinated, um, please do so. Um, mm-hmm. For yourself and for the safety of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatnot, because this Delta variant that's coming out is no joke. Yeah. So, 
I, that being said, I did hear, I did hear that there are at least, um, I don't know where I've, I've heard, I've heard about this and I can't verify this, but they said it might start burning off in September, which is positive news, but still like there's even like a Lombada case, case. And I just read something where they just had the first outbreak in LA, first cases of that in LA. So yeah, as Jamie said, this thing isn't going away anytime soon and just Let's just get vaccinated, people. I'm 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 sick and tired of just this whole not wearing masks thing. Which, by the way, I don't want to get into, I know you want to get into that because that that's just that's just gonna make me just want to uh, slap if the upside ahead. If you're not vaccinated, do your best to stay home. Only go out if you need like absolutely have to. Um, but if you want like I don't know, it's a whole mess. So we'll just have to see what happens hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully more people will get vaccinated um and yeah yeah I, I have um my mom's best friend since high school um they're going through covid right now because mm, she didn't get vaccinated yet and my mom has been holding her tongue <laughs> like trying because mm. she knows she's getting lectured all over the place mm. yeah it's yeah. you just Gotta, gotta do what the, I don't know. It's just a whole mess. But yeah. Stay safe, everybody. It's still, I know we went through a period where like everything's getting better, but it's still here. So we just kind of have to work together for it to go away. Yeah. So. That being said, I'm back to the movie going thing. I also understand like even if you're vaccinated, I know that some people, especially with like schools now starting back up again. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Some, you know, I, you know, I have Twitter mutuals that are parents and stuff, and so I can understand, like, also them just like, hey, look, I can't afford going, risking going to a movie theater and stuff. And you know, I'm able to body. I'm also young, and I, you know, I like going to the movies and stuff. So it's a whole situation, and I get it on multiple fronts. As for something like this, back to the actual news news item. Um, as for the actual news item, putting Venom to in October is a very interesting move, but it's also a very, in October, it's going to get crowded. It's crowded because we not only got Bond the previous week, we now got three movies on this date. And then also, like, nearly the weekend later, we got Dune, last night, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, and Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. Yeah. There's so, a, lot, go, a lot of movies coming out in October. Good thing I got back a list, cause um, you know I'll be, you know I'll be trying to see at least all of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. And speaking of the movie side of things, um, according to Variety, AMC Theaters has reached a formal agreement with Warner Brothers to show the studio's 2022 slate on the big screen for an exclusive 45 days window. This is similar to the deal that Warner's made back in April with Cineworld, who owns Cinemark in the U.S. This is also following the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn directed sequel to the 2016 film underperforming at the box office for a number of factors, some of which, again, we'll discuss later, in which the film also had a day-and-date release with HBO Max. In a statement, AMC CEO Adam Aaron said, it's especially gratifying that Warner Bros. is yet again embracing a theatrical window. For us at AMC, it's especially pleasing to be working so harmlessly with Warner Brothers once again. We're in active dialogue with every major studio on the topic. We are hearing a considerable uh, support that an exclusive theatrical window is an important way to build a successful movie franchise. So, Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, shortening this theatrical window. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm... It's yeah. Gonna, um, so it's going down to 45 days? I think it's 45... Rather than doing the day and date release... My, my theory about all this is that rather than doing the day and date release that they've been doing for a lot of their 2021 movies, the movies are going to premiere in the theaters for four or five days and then go on like HBO Max and streaming and what have you. I, I mean, I get that. I mean, I don't, I mean, that gives people what a month and like a little bit more to see the movie in theaters if they want mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um, it, and it's not going to, it's not going to take like three months for it to go on to HBO Max. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, I know we all trashed Warner. With mm-hmm. HBO Max thing at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but I I think like they're gonna like I think what they're going to do moving forward with this, I think is a good middle ground. Um, yeah, it it sucks that 
it means that movies are going to make less money in the box office because mm-hmm. the, their run t- like their time in the theaters is going to be shorter. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I also this is also kind of a similar thing that um the that uh, the mouse is doing with free with uh, the recently released Free Guy, which if you're curious about what I thought about that movie, you can check my review for that. Sorry, I had to plug that in. Uh, with Free Guy and Song and the Legend Ten Rings, which actually has. And I didn't, and we're not gonna fully talk about it because um, it's I didn't put it on the news, I didn't put it on the docket, but people are actually pissed off about that. Oh really? Yeah, about about that. Even though, and I'll and I'll say this, they made that decision. The mouse made that decision back in May. For it not to go on Disney Plus, but just to be in theaters. Yeah, for it to be like on the day rather than do like the whole day and date release with Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been seeing that too. Is people are worried that it's not going to do well because it's not getting um because it's just going to be in theaters um and they don't want like the first what would you could like asian representation yeah yeah first asian lead to like not do well because it it was they only released in theaters during the pandemic Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah, it's interesting. It, I I I worry a little bit about that too, but mm-hmm. also like a little ballsy for Disney to do that. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't guess. Know. What do you think? I I don't know. for I for me, feel, I'm worried about it a little bit. For me, do well. For me, well, here's the thing. I've already made the decision. I'm gonna see this in theaters. I'm gonna see this in theaters opening weekend with my, with my bucket of corn, bucket of corn, and just. Yeah, I I've already made that decision, at least for me. But I also understand where some people are coming from, especially again, as I mentioned before. You know, I have career mutuals that have kids and that and that are immunocompromised and just do not want to, or just do not feel comfortable because of this whole damn Delta variant. Which again, people, please get fucking vaccinated. I'm I'm gonna keep preach. I'm I'm gonna keep preaching that to people in the ear. Air, and I'm gonna say that until they either get sick of it or until they get vaccinated, preferably the later. Because this is why this is why studios are making this this are making some of these decisions because you know with stuff like the suit with James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie we bump with essentially underperforming the box office and we just with the low box office numbers in general it and, and like I know people who get, who want to go to the movies who want to go out but it's just I guess it's all because of this damn variant. I know because like like what you said, if like there's gonna be people who are just even if they are vaccinated are not comfortable going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that, and it's a total valid thing because it's like, um, like I'm gonna, um, yeah, I, 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 I understand it because it's no joke, and like if you you don't want to risk it going to the movies, even if like they try to make it as safe as they can, you know. Mm. Um, like I got lucky when I went to see Black Widow. It wasn't crowded at all. They mm. had to go see Black Widow, so I got lucky. I was kind of in a row all by myself. I was like a row or two in front of people, so mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I mean, it sucks, but we'll just kind of see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me know if it goes down again. But yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. It's. It's a whole situation, and I think also it extends to, you know, and it's not just extending to, you know, just moviegoers, but it's extending to the stars, which is, again, we weren't here, oh, oh no, I was here with the, I was here with the guests, but I don't think we've, we've exclusively, both of us talked, talked about the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit and stuff, which is why, and this is leading into your next story, um, exclusive from Deadline reports that Oscar winner Emma Stone has closed the deal to star in the sequel to Corella, which is reportedly set to please both Disney and Star Wars representatives. This news is significant as it comes in the wake of, the, of Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for lost profits over the day and date release of Black Widow, as well as rumors that Emily Blunt and Stone herself were also planning legal action against the mouse as well. Patrick Whitesell, an executive at the agency Endeavor, for which Stone is a client of, said in the statement, while the media landscape has been disruptive and min- disrupted in a meaningful way for all distributors. The creative partners cannot be left on those sidelines to carry a disproportionate amount of the downside without the potential for upside. This agreement demonstrates that there can be an equitable path that protects artists and aligns with the studio's interests with talent. 
We are proud to work alongside Emma and Disney and appreciate the studio's willingness to recognize her contributions as a creative partner. We're hopeful that this will open the doors for more members of the creative community participating in the success of new platforms. So, I, I, my theory on this, um, they probably saw how much bad press they were getting, and they, they saw that like someone's prepping for legal action. So they're like, okay, all right, look, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll give you some we'll give you some of the uh, Disney Plus money as well. Just don't please don't sue us. Mm-hmm. So probably what happened probably what happened but yeah yeah, no this this is a whole interesting thing because i the day and date release uh, especially when it comes to black widow and especially when it comes to you know all of warner's movies essentially is a very interesting market because on one hand you know it allows you know for consumers you know pick and choose where they want to watch the movies on the other hand though it splits the box office and i've been noticing that with a lot of stuff lately it splits the box office in half and Look, I get it, especially given the times we're in and just everything going on right now, especially with the variant. But it's just, I don't know, it's interesting. And I'm very curious to see how this will impact moving forward. I mean, pretty much the during pandemic, we had to, like, Universal essentially had to make that whole entire deal where, you know, they were like, if the movie makes over 50 million in three weeks, it stays in theaters. If it doesn't, it leaves, leaves and stuff. And it, that's on a case by case basis. So I think the series are, this included, I think, are just trying to do the best they can, especially given, you know, this unpredictable life, pandemic and stuff, which, again, and I will say this for a third time, get fucking vaccinated, people! Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this? Okay. So, my thoughts. I liked the first Corella a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm excited that she's back for the second one. Mm-hmm. definitely gives me the vibe that Disney was like, okay, let's just pay her a little extra money or something or work her deal out where mm-hmm. she gets so that way she doesn't sue us like ScarJo has. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that vibe a little bit mm-hmm. um, and stuff. Um, but I think you're right because I think well, I I think it's cool that we get to choose where we go see it. So like, if mm-hmm. you're not comfortable going to theaters, you still have the option to watch it on streaming. Mm-hmm. Um it does split the box office. So the movies, these movies, and these aren't low budget movies. These are yeah, like, no. they have a big budget. Like 100, so, 100 to $200 million plus films. And that's not even clean marketing. Yeah. Like, and I think that's the biggest bummer with Black Widow. Um, it's because like, that's a Marvel movie. So, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of money went into the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it kind of, that, so like I get why studios like want, like I'm sure studios are like no I wish we could keep it in the theaters because we'll have a better chance of making our money back mm-hmm. if we do that. But we also want people to be able to see our movies and we're not gonna get as many we probably we might not get as many people going to see it. So mm-hmm. it's just like it's a risk that they have to take and I do think that studios are doing the best they can to kind of maneuver through this whole thing because it's weird because mm-hmm. we like go through times where it looks like it's getting better than not mm-hmm. like we're, it's like a roller coaster so mm-hmm. um but yeah and since i wasn't here when you guys talked about the scarlett johansson stuff mm-hmm. um it um i listened to the episode when you guys talked about it and um the guest council of geeks yeah vera yeah um they they were mentioning that um, it didn't seem as big of a surprise because this stuff happens, and I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because, and I think he's right, or they were right, is that because um, she's such a big name now, mm-hmm. I think that's why it was, became such a big deal mm-hmm. um, with it. Um, and we'll just have to see what happens with that because technically Disney did breach the contract. Yeah, so they breached it. Lay, they, she has a leg to stand on. So we'll mm-hmm. just kind of have to see what ends up happening um, mm-hmm. with it. Because uh, I don't think there's been any major updates yet about it. So Last I heard, the mouse was trying to um, go in, at, um, I think it's attribution, or trying to settle out of court. Oh, like settle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is pretty much how things go in this industry. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, and like I know I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about, oh, why, 
she's racist and she shouldn't be such a big deal. But then people were like, yeah, but if you got knocked out of, like, a lot of money from your check and you put in all that work, you'd want your money that you earned uh-huh. through that check. Uh, you know, like, if you got, if you lost because of just these kind of decisions. So, it's, uh-huh. um, I get why she's doing it um, uh-huh. and stuff, and it makes sense to me. And, and like, the fact that she got Emma Stone and Emily Blunt to con- possibly consider doing the same thing is means that, like, we might get more people popping up to do this down the road, uh-huh. possibly. Um, because that's normally what it takes, is just one person standing up to do something. And if it's other people are in similar positions, yeah. it gives them the confidence to be able to do it. I'm also so, wondering if maybe studio, especially stars, are going to probably start demanding a... Um, you know how, like, insurance policies have the act of God policy? Mm-hmm. After God clause, well, I wouldn't be surprised if stars have like, hey, in case we do need to go to streaming, I want this amount. That's like that is definitely going to have to be something that's going to have to be considered in future contracts mm-hmm. because not one because of the pandemic that we're in right now, but mm-hmm. just because of how big streaming is getting in the first place. It's just mm-hmm. like. There should be, there's going to have to end up being clause, like, if we have to go to streaming, then I want to, like what you said, like, I want X amount of money, or I want (laughs) X percentage of whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. like, set to see what, see what happens. Um, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, I, I read somewhere, I'll have to refine it, but that Warner Brothers went back to redo contracts once they realized they had to do the streaming thing with HBO Max. Um, is that true? Have you heard anything like that? Um, I think that was when the Warner steal happened. I'll have to double check on that as well. Because mm-hmm. I know I know that they had to go back and like do a couple contracts. I know, heck, I, I from what I even heard, they're still trying to figure out the whole um, situation with Legendary with Dune. Mm-hmm. Okay. With, with Dune, so there's that. But I digress. Anyways, um, moving on to our next topic. <sighs> Via deadline, Netflix has announced the cast and crew for its live-action Nickel- adaptation of Nickelodeon's The Last Airbender, with Gordon Comer, uh, with Gordon Comer as Aang, um, Kawiento as Katara, Ian Owsley as Sokka, and Dallas Lewis, uh, no, Dal- Dallas Liu as Zuko. With Albert Kim, who has written on such shows as Nikita and Sleepy Hollow, serving as showrunner, executive producer, and writer of the series. In addition, Shadow of a Cloud director Roseanne Lang is one of the three directors on the show, with the other two being Michael Gao, who was a director on Riverdale, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Swamp Thing, among other things, and Jabbar Rathani, who's actually who was actually a visual effects supervisor on the first Iron Man and Game of Thrones. Netflix has also also provided character descriptions in which uh, Aang, who's going to be twelve, thank God. Um, it a fearless, a fearless and fun-loving twelve-year-old who just happens to be the Avatar, master of all four elements, and the keeper of balance and peace in the world. An airbag apology. Aang is reluctant here, struggling to deal with the burden of his duties while still holding on to adventurous and playful nature. Katara, who's going to be fourteen, um, a determined and hopeful waterbender, the last of the last in her small village. Though only fourteen, she's already endured great personal tragedy, which has held. Her back from rising to her true potential, though has never dim- dimmed her warm and caring spirit. Sokka, who's going to be 16. Sokka's sardonic and resourceful 16-year-old brother, outwardly confident, even breath. He takes his responsibility as the leader of his choice seriously, despite his inner doubts of his warrior skills. Doubts that he matches his wit and deadpan sense of humor. And Zuko, who's going to be 17, a skilled firebender and the intense and guarded crown prince. Of the Fire Nation. <laughs> Currently roaming the world in exile, he is on an excessive quest to capture the Avatar because he believes that is the only way to reclaim his life and live up to the demand of his, of his cruel father, the Fire Lord. In his statement, Kim wrote, a live-action version would establish a new benchmark and representation and bring in a whole new generation of fans. This was a chance to showcase Asian and indigenous characters as living baby people, not just in a cartoon, but in a world that truly exists very similar to the one we live in. So, I'm, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how I feel about this because ever since the original creators left for this project, my anticipation level, excitement level just went 
plummeted. And that being said, I am happy that they casted the right freaking people out of this race because, oh, God, the, the, the other version still give me PTSD flashbacks. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist, or rather, the the, the version that <laughs> doesn't talk about it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. Which doesn't exist. Oh, uh, so better, yeah, no, 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 right. No, no, this is the first thing. Thing. Um, I'm also happy that they kept the ages because I had a fear, and there were even rumors about them aging them up. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy for that. I actually like the ages. I think it works. Sokka and Zuko always, always felt a little bit older than. Mm-hmm. Guitar and Aang, so that works. I'm glad that Aang is still 12, because mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's great because because mm-hmm. um, he'll still have that childlike spirit with him mm-hmm. and stuff, and like it'll match the cartoon mm-hmm. um, in that respect. And yeah, I, I I am feel the same way. I'm conflicted because on one hand, with the creators, original creators no longer involved, I'm like I don't trust it because I have issues. PTSD mm-hmm. issues with, with what shall not be named mm-hmm. um but on this hand i'm they casted the right kind of people mm-hmm. um, it seems like and everything and i like the ages and the character descriptions match up pretty well with what we're used to you mm-hmm. know uh, i mean zuko's is like spot on <laughs> yeah zuko's spot on <laughs> so um yeah i mean yeah i mean zuko i feel like i i hope they really nail him because i know he is a pretty big favorite among fans mm-hmm. that he goes through. So yeah, um, I'm excited. To, I'm just excited. To, I want. I think I'll make up my mind once we get a trailer because mm-hmm. then I'll kind of get a vibe of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, like I don't honestly like because we're gonna get um Mike and Brian stuff on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll still get all that awesome, awesome stuff. I actually don't mind that they're gonna that they change stuff up a little bit, you know? Okay. Like, I, I don't want them to change a whole lot, but like mm-hmm. if they do something different, then then I I might be okay with that. I don't know. I just need to see a trailer to kind of get a vibe of what they're gonna do. Cause like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Same here. Same here. And I'm just, I'm cross my fingers, hoping for the best, but prepping for the worst. I know for real. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. The effects guy is going to be good because Iron Man 1 and the Game of Thrones special effects. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. An exclusive from Deadline reports that Clancy Brown, aka Mr. Krabs, aka the Kurgan, has joined the cast for John Wick 4, uh, John Wick Chapter 4, alongside a stock cast which includes John Wick himself, Keanu Reeves, Donnie Yen, Hariyuki Sanada, uh, Rena Samaya. Uh, Shamar Anderson, Bill Sarsgaard, Lance Riddick, and Ian McShane. In a statement, Ch- director Chastahelski said, I have been a fan of Clancy Brown since I can remember. To have him be a part of this project is an honor. It will make a perfect addition to the world of John Wick. The film is slated for a May 27th Memorial Day weekend of next year with production currently underway in France, Germany, and Japan. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? It's cool. It's very cool. This cast is insane. I know I say that every time, but like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be cool, though. I mean, it's so weird that we're going to have Mr. Krabs and John Wick. Also, Lex Luthor. <laughs> and, and Lex Luthor, too. It's crazy. What do you think? I, I, I love Clancy Brown. I will watch anything that Clancy Brown is in. Um, I think this has officially become a Clancy Brown stand, stand account. <laughs> cool. Like we we stand all we stand everything that Clancy Brown is in, mm-hmm. and just oh god, this, yes, yes, just, <laughs> I, I'm 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 excited for this. Just yeah, and I'm and I'm actually kind of with the director because I I I have had Clancy Brown in my life for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. and just I think he's gonna make a perfect addition. And yeah, um, bring it on, bring on the Clancy, bring it on. All right, uh, moving on to our next topic. According to Deadline, Idris Elba is joining the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog as the voice of Knuckles, the fan favorite Red Inchina? I think it's Inchina, who is also a hothead fighter. He joins her returning cast members of Jane Marsden, Jane, Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, Tina Sumter, and Ben Schwartz as the voice of the titular character with the film 
set to be directed by Jeff Bauer, who directed the first film. So apparently Aegis is voicing Knuckles. That's interesting. <laughs> it's a good choice because he's always had a deeper voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think that's really cool, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and it matches with, like, they have some pretty big names for the show, so I, I think that maybe it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I, I, look, I saw the Suicide Squad again, and, like, Idris Elba is just an amazing actor. He's also a rapper. And just like, and he's, and he, he has some, he has some sick tracks, but yeah, no, I, I, the more Idris we have in this, it's just, look, anything in Idris, I'll watch, okay? And just, oh, yeah, no, but this, this is a perfect choice, but yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to Variety, Catherine Zeta-Jones will play Morticia Adams in the upcoming Wednesday Adams series Wednesday on Netflix. The actress who will appear in a guest starring role joining Louis Scoob's uh, Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams and Wendy Adams herself, Jenna Ortega. Uh, the show is set to be directed by Tim Burton with Smallville creators and showrunners Al Go and Mark Millar. Um, Mil- yeah, Millar serving as creators and showrunners for the series. So, seems like we're getting Catherine Cedar Jones as Morticia. What do you think about that? I think it's pretty cool. It should be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I honestly don't know that much about Adam's family, so like, mm-hmm. I don't know how good of a fit it is, but um, she's cool. So, what do you think? Um, it's nice seeing Zeta back, back, because it's it's been I can't remember, I honestly can't remember the last thing she was in. I know. I don't either. Yeah, and like I'm I'm happy to see Catherine Zeta Jones and stuff. And I know that the main the rumor that we were hearing was uh I think we even reported uh, with Christina Ritchie. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, which I have a feeling would have maybe been a case, but also I just um and, and congratulations to Christina and her um family and. So, but I also heard that she is expecting. So, oh, that's that's that might why. that that might be a factor. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for this, and yeah, no, Chris Catherine Zeta Jones, thumbs up. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic, we got a trailer for Prisoners of the Ghostland, starring Nick Cage, Sofia Botella, and the Devil Reject star Bill Mosley. The synopsis reads: In the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town. A Rufus Bank robber, played by Cage, is sprung from jail by a wealthy warlord, the governor, played by Mosley, whose adopted granddaughter, played by Vitella, has run away. Strapped in a leather suit that will self-destruct within five days if he doesn't find the missing girl, the bandit sets on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption. The film is set to release on September 17th. Also, quick shout out to our guest, uh, Christy, Christy Strauss. She was the first, who I think is like the first or second critic quote you hear. She's the one... Uh, she's the quote where um basically i think in the i think in the thing i'm trying to remember what she said in the thing um basically like said like um if you were a fan of the bull and outrageous um strap the fuck in oh cool so uh congrats for her because that that's a big deal but that's awesome yeah uh what do you think about this trailer this trailer's freaking weird (laughs) i watched it at the beginning um, but I feel like Nicolas Cage movies are always a little bit crazy, mm-hmm. so I don't know why I wasn't ex- like expect why I was expecting it to be more of like a normal movie. But um, it looks interesting. Um, I think it looks cool. I think mm-hmm. the cinematography and everything looks really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And it, and like the humor is like the kind of humor they were kind of playing off of was kind of funny. Um, like with the like. Are you serious? Like with all like the, the what like the explosives on him or whatever. Yeah, that's a lot of explosives. Yeah, so it it I don't know. It looks it looks kind of cool. What did you think? I think it looks it looks nuts. It looks nuts, and I'm I'm all in for it. But then also, you know, Nick Cage is Nick Cage. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. For real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, uh, Poker Face finds its showrunners and exclusive for Variety reports that. Actually, anyways, moving on to our next topic, an exclusive from Variety reports that Nora and the Lila Zuckerman have been selected as co-showrunners for Poker Face, a ten-episode, one-hour mystery series from Knives Out director Ryan Johnson and Russian doll creator Natasha Leone. That's Aaron Peacock. The Zuckerman's previous credits include writing and producing on shows such as Fringe, Ace the Shield, and most recently, Prodigal Son on Fox. So, what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Um, 
I think this is pretty cool. Um, I've heard good things about Prodigal Son. Um, where that show is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I've heard good things about Fringe and Agent of Steel too. Um, so I mean, I think this is a cool move. Um, uh, it'll be really cool. Um, pr- I think that's awesome. What yeah. Um, I'm as someone that has seen like two out of three of these shows, I'm very happy for them. Um, I've seen Fr- I've seen Fringe all the way through. Into Shield, I've only seen I think up until about the last two seasons, but I thought that they did they did. Yeah, I think they did both a really good job on them. I actually looked up what episodes they did, and they actually did some really cool episodes. So good for them. Good for them. I'm really happy for them. And yeah, no, this sounds awesome and stuff. And yeah, can't wait to see what they do on the show. Yeah. And actually, speaking of Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D., this leads us into our next topic. A assistant variety report that Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. star Chloe Bennett has stepped down from one of the three leads in the live-action CW pilot based off the Power Powerpuff Girls, currently entitled Powerpuff. The show was originally in contention for during pilot season early this year for a potential fall air date, but the CW made the decision to redevelop and reshoot the pilot instead. According to an individual knowledge of the situation, studio Warner Bros. Television wants to extend Bennett's option as they rework the pilot, but a scheduling conflicts forced her to exit instead. Bennett was going to play the lead Blossom opposite her Inks of S.H.I.E.L.D. co-star, Duff Cameron, as Bubbles, but Yana Pereult. Uh, as Buttercup and Don Faison as Dr. Drake uh, Utonium. Casting for a third Powerpuff Girl will begin the fall. So, <sighs> you want to go first? I, uh, I, I, I was really excited to see Chloe and and Dove back together again and stuff because they, in Ain't a Shield, and I won't give too much away, but um, in Ain't well. Yeah, I'll spoil it. I've seen this. I've seen a very little bit about this clip. I've seen the fight in the snow. Okay, yeah. So it popped up on Twitter. Okay, yeah, because they they work together, and like I was excited, you know, to shield people back, especially Chloe Bennett, who mm-hmm. I believe is actually a really good actress and stuff. And I won't lie, this actually kind of lowered my anticipation level a bit lower, and just it also makes me wonder if she's going to be in any of the um in any of like secret if she's going to be in the secret invasion sh- Marvel Studios like show. That, that's I feel like if you follow her on social media, you can kind of figure out where she's at and what's going on. Because mm. she's been popping up down in Atlanta, I think. Ooh. Oh, that that actually might. Yeah. <laughs> that so, might be, that might be that might be a clue that might be a clue because I believe um, Sam Jackson just revealed that he's currently filming that right now. Yeah, that I I think she's yeah she's there's been stuff popping up all over social media, but. I feel like it's a good guess that it's probably Marvel. That's why her scheduling conflict. Yeah. So yeah. It's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. Ex- I feel like she would have been a really good Blossom because I feel like mm-hmm. she would have had that because Blossom is sort of like kind of like the leader mm-hmm. in a way. Like she's. I feel like she's like the older responsible one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would have been cool. Um, mm-hmm. And like I'm bummed that. Uh, Dev and her won't be on the screen together. I think yeah. That kind of sucks, but yeah. Um, and my my excitement for this is very low now. Um, mm-hmm. And I I have no words for this. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting project, but we'll kind of have to see what goes on with it and who they recast as Blossom. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm happy for Chloe though because she's not no longer tied to CW. So. Yeah, yeah, it might, it might be a better thing in the long run. It might, it might. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on to our final topic of the day. According to Deadline, Amazon Studios' big-budget Lord of the Rings TV series is leaving the franchise's longtime home in New Zealand and moving production to the UK, starting with the upcoming second season, which is set to start pre-production in 2022. As for why it's moving, this is mainly to a piece of cast who for more than half are British and have stayed stuck in New Zealand for two years as New Zealand's mm-hmm. closes for during the pandemic. Another reason is to allow Amazon Studio executives to monitor the production, which has a $400 million plus budget, as they weren't able to move during the pandemic. As a result of the move, the elaborate sets for the show will be moved to the UK and a new UK crew will be hired. This has led obviously led to many within New Zealand to be disappointed with crew in New Zealand. We're just informed just 20 minutes before the decision was announced Friday morning, their time, but Thursday afternoon in the U.S. It's a shame, and I feel for everyone who's put their hearts in this production. Season 2 was expected to begin later in 2022, so our role now is to keep 
hard with the uh, key, with the Kiwi uh, Screen Sector employee, said David Strong, CEO of the New Zealand Film Commission. Some, such as Tom Todd McKay, uh, and this has even had political ramifications, such as uh, some, some such as Tom McClay, the National Party spokesman on economic development, are also blaming government leaders like Stuart Nash, the Economic and Regional Development Minister, saying in statements. Stuart Nash has shown a lack of interest in negotiating with Amazon, despite the huge impact the production could have on our economy. See, Stuart Nash needs to be transparent with Kiwis about why he didn't even ask for future seasons of the show to be filmed in New Zealand. As for Amazon Studios' response to all of this, Vernon Sanders, VP and co-head of television, said in statement, we want to thank the people and the government of New Zealand for their hospitality and dedication for providing the Lord of the Rings series, which is an incredible place to begin their this epic journey. We're grateful to the New Zealand Film Commission, the Ministry of Business, Innovation Employment, Tourist uh, New Zealand, Auckland Unlimited, and others for the tremendous collaboration that supported the New Zealand film sector and the local economy during the production of season one. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Well, it, it's a good thing because it sounds like a lot of the cast and stuff are missing their families mm-hmm. in Britain. So, like, I get that, especially with the pandemic and not being able to leave. Um, that sucks. Um, uh, it sucks for New Zealand because mm-hmm. I'm sure this is a big thing for them and for their economy and stuff. And I'm sure, like, if this is a normal year and we didn't have the pandemic, mm-hmm. I'm sure this there would be some people going out there just to see the filming mm-hmm. or something, or like New Zealand people, yeah, going to find it, but or trying to. But um, it sucks in that regard. Um. I don't know. Like that's kind of my thought. It sucks for New Zealand, but mm-hmm. for the people who are from Britain, they're probably happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it that's screwed up that they didn't let the crew know or whatever. Like until mm-hmm. like the twenty minutes before the decision was made. Mm-hmm. Like that's a little bit screwed up. Yeah, that that's a bit that's a bit screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm kind of with you on there. Like I'm happy that the casts are able to go home and see their family, especially being away from two years because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, the crew kind of got fucked over, especially the crew. Mm-hmm. And I do feel for them because Lord of the Rings is pretty much the home of New Zealand. Like, even not even with just this TV show, but with the previous films and stuff, like, this is their home. And it pretty much put New Zealand on the map. I mean, this is why we have a Tech Watiti in our hands mm. and stuff. Well, not exactly, but he, he, this is why we have Taika. Yeah. Taika and stuff. And I, I do feel for them a bit. Um, hopefully, other productions will move in and fill that spot that Lord, that Lord of the Rings was set to make and stuff. But yeah, no, I I, I feel for them. I I honestly do. And I, you know, again, I see both sides of this and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on to our recommendations for the week. Um, so, uh, let's. So I saw the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um. I saw Suicide Squad. I've seen it twice, actually. And we were going to talk about it. However, Jamie, would you care to kind of fill in? I haven't. So I haven't been able to see it yet. Um, I've had some stuff going on that I just haven't had a chance to sit down with my new job and then some mm-hmm. other stuff going on. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. But I have told Josh that if he wants to gush about it and spoil it a little bit, I do not mind. Um uh, I probably, I want, okay, to be honest, I've seen the first, like, 20 minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and it was really gory, mm-hmm. so, like, I don't know if I'm really gonna watch it in the future, because of how gory, was. like, I kind of expected that going in, but I didn't realize, like, how much it was gonna be. I should have known that, but it kind of, it still was, like, okay. Yeah. Like, the first, uh, like, when um like they're going on the island or whatever mm-hmm. like the first group like gets demolished Demest- decimated decimated yeah like that was a lot yeah so, um yeah so that's kind of been my thing so you would like to go ahead and yeah so and i i've seen this movie twice in theaters and i think this is awesome this is pure james gunn which um, this is more in line. This movie is more in line with his pre Guardians films like Slither and Super, which, if you haven't seen, I recommend those movies than any of his Guardians of the Galaxy work. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, I thought he and the cast and crew were firing on all cylinders because this is a pretty entertaining movie from beginning and it has a great soundtrack. 
uh, the characters are awesome and well acted and just this is awesome i really enjoy it and stuff and yeah no i there's just there's just so much and like like some of my favorite parts of the movie are with like characters such as like Ratcatcher Two, King Shark. In fact, I, I I think I genuinely love everyone in this, in this ensemble, even some of the people that that die and stuff. But also, um, the one thing I will say is that this has made me officially love because I uh, officially love one character, and that's Harley Quinn. Um, like I already liked her. I already liked her enough. Uh, and I really liked her enough, and a lot of this is because of Margot Robbie's performance, as well as um, the HBO, the Harley Quinn anime series that's on HBO Max, which if you haven't seen, I recommend that as well. I know that isn't connected to this, but I will say I have enjoyed, I, and I've always been like interested in characters since 2013, where they kind of started revamping her origin story and having her move away from the Joker, from the Joker stuff, and become her own independent character and stuff. And I think this kind of kind of completes kind of a three movie arc with the character uh, that started in Suicide Squad, that continued in Birds of Prey, and now finally includes in the Suicide Squad. And I really love it. And I think Margot's great. And yeah, no, I just, I, I want more movies with just her and stuff. But overall, uh, this ensemble is insane. Again, everyone was firing on all cylinders. Everyone was working great stuff. And like, so far, this is actually one of my favorite movies of the year. And that, no, I think we don't talk about how good of a casting it was for Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I feel like she did an incredible job. She brought a lot of depth to Harley, um, mm-hmm. but still being like kind of like keeping with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like she was the reason why I was going to try to continue watching because I I do like Harley a lot. I will say the Harley I didn't stuff. Expect, um, What's his face to pop in at the beginning? Uh, Captain Boomerang? Yeah, I didn't expect him. I'm like, hey! Mm-hmm. I was like, I got, I got happy. Cause I, I feel like him and Harley were like standouts in the uh, in Suicide Squad. Like the 2016 version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, no. I, I knew he was going to be in this. But, well, the, here's the thing. This is kind of a soft reboot slash sequel. It's a soft recoil, as I like to say. Yeah, because there's still stuff from the first one, but it's mm-hmm. also a whole new, different movie. Vibe and energy and also just... Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, okay, I have to get into this. But that being said, it's a damn shame that the film did not do well during its opening weekend. I was... Okay, context. I've been out of town. I was in Louisiana when I when I first heard about this. And I saw in the theaters. I went to a local theater called the Britannia uh, Theater. It's actually one of the last few... Lo- I think one of the last few local theaters within New Orleans. I, if you're in New Orleans, I definitely recommend it. Great theater and stuff. Um, I went to go see it with my brother, and I, I the theater was, I think, like, about half full, so it was at a good capacity. And, like, I saw the movie, and I, again, we really enjoyed it, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. It's been critically re- well-received and stuff. And stuff, but the box office for this movie was low as hell. And I think that's, I, I think the variance one factor, the day and date release, and then also like, a lot of people were saying, like, the R rating was something, and uh, maybe, but then also this movie, like, when James Gunn, like, announced that he was doing it, one of the two agreements that he had saying, like, hey, if I'm going to do this movie, this has to be R, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I'm a little bummed that it's not doing well, because this movie deserves um to have the, all the success, because this is, like, a really good movie, and just, you know, and, yeah, also, and I'm going to say this one more time, and you might, and viewer, you might get sick of it, but I'm just gonna say it: get fucking vaccinated. Yeah, because you know this wouldn't be happening if people weren't vaccinated. So yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this one. Definitely recommend you check it out either on. And, and look, if you're not kind of welcome in theater, it's also on HBO Max. Go watch it there, or in theaters. Or if I recommend either, um, more theater, more towards the theaters because they actually film this in IMAX. IMAX, but you know whatever whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Anyways, now to something I know we both have seen. Um, what if episode one dropped? Uh, so this I thought this was really good. Uh-huh. I love the anime. I love the animation, especially during the fight scenes. Like the fluidity of it, just mwah, mwah. It was good. Yeah. Um, also, seeing Peggy with the sword, especially towards the end, was awesome. Which side note. This kind of that the whole the last act of that, which again for most of this for most of this, and I kind of actually agree with this. 
three other people also have been saying. For the most part, this kind of follows the first Avenger to a certain extent. It's it, it's very it it does follow like that that storyline, but just if it was Peggy was the main character, mm-hmm. like just switch her and Steve, basically, mm-hmm. um, in a way. So it's like. Yeah, it it does. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I so, know, make you lose your train of thought. No, no, it's it's okay. But but then the ending happens, and then the ending, which eventually she kind of gets sucked sucked into a portal again. It reminded me a lot of the beginning of the first Hellboy movie. Mm, okay. Especially with like the giant technical monster coming out of the portal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't. Know, it just did. But and it also seems like she joins the Avengers and. All in all, I really dug this first episode. I can't wait to see what the rest of the series is. I can't wait to watch the next one, which is going to have Chadwick Boseman in it, and I'm uh, I'm going to need to get tissues because mm-hmm. that's going to be a bit of a rough one to watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but either way, I I really I really dug it, and I'm really uh, yeah I'm in. Also, and I don't think this has been officially confirmed, but there's rumors that Captain Carter might be in in Multiverse of Madness. Interesting. Interesting. Multiverse of Madness is going to be... It, it's that movie where I feel like people aren't talking enough about it because I feel like it's going to like have major repercussions kind of coming up. Like, we're going to really get into the multiverse, and I feel so bad for Doctor Strange because he's probably like having an in, aneurysm right now because he has first deal of all what Wanda was doing Mm-hmm. And then Loki happened, mm-hmm. and now the what if stuff happens. <laughs> so he's probably saying that like, "Are you guys freaking kidding me?" <laughs> and then oh, Spider Man! If all the Spider Man stuff happens, mm-hmm. so it's like he's probably saying they're like having such a huge headache right now, being like, "Oh my god!" Like why? Like why? Why? Why y'all? Why y'all doing this to me? I didn't deserve any of this. But yeah, no. Also, and I just realized this: we have literally no set photos from that movie. Yeah, we don't. Like it's I like think that's on purpose. I think that's also well, actually, I think that's also on purpose. Also, pandemic because it's, it's uh, yeah, that's too pandemic and um mm-hmm. yeah, and probably because they're like yeah, no, we got stuff coming in here that we can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine Sam Raimi was like, okay, I'm gonna have a hard lock on like there can be little to no set photos. We'll do all the behind the scenes stuff, you know, when the movie comes out and afterwards, but. No one talks about anything. Yep. I mean, the only thing we got was like, I think like a teaser or a, t- a teaser poster or something on a shirt where it kind of shut up the designs of like Strange, Wong, um, Wanda, and um, and uh, America Chavez stuff. So I think besides that, we literally have no set photos or anything to go off of. Yeah. But. You know, this this movie's gonna be off the chain. Anyways, um, moving on, moving on to something I watched, and I actually recommend people check this out. Uh, Reservation Dogs on FX. This is a show on FX. It was created. Uh, for those unfamiliar, the show was created by Sterling Harjo and one Taika Waititi, and follows a group of Native American teenagers living on a reservation in Oklahoma. I saw the first episodes, and I thought it was really good. I thought the cast and characters were funny, but also heartwarming as well. And yeah, no, overall, I definitely recommend checking this one out. Again, it's on FX, and the next day it appears on Hulu in the U.S. I don't know how it is internationally, but yeah, no, this, I, I really enjoyed the show, and the, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, that does it for our episode this week. Jamie, you mind closing us out? Um, wasn't I going to talk about Ted Lasso? Oh, shoot. Anyways, uh, Jamie, you also have one show you want to talk about real quick? Yeah, so I finally watched Ted Lasso. Yay! Um, I love the show a lot. Um, it is really cute. I didn't. Ex- I should have known. I did. Okay, first of all, I didn't know he was a coach. Nobody told me he was a coach. I didn't know that. Um, first of all, he's crazy going from coaching foot for American football to going to coach soccer in England. Um, so that was fun. Um, him and his friend Beard are hilarious. Like I like the first like episode I was like oh okay so this is a this is what we're doing um and Rebecca is crazy she's crazy um 
but oh, I I really liked it. I love I love Keely. Um, <laughs> Keely's the best. I, she is. I I didn't like her and Jamie, and I was like, huh, okay, whatever. And then her and Roy started flirting a little bit. I'm like, yes, okay, this is what I want because I liked her and Roy. I was like, yes. Um, I was into it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. How, how far divorce, are you? I finished. I'm all caught up. Okay, so I imagine you were probably a very happy camper when Bori and Keely got yes. finally got together. Yeah, okay. See, I it was funny because I didn't get a vibe about them getting together until there was, was the episode. They had this one moment before even anything happened. Like, they mm-hmm. just had one scene. I'm like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. I said, we're going to eventually, she's eventually going to break up. I think it was even when she broke up with Janie mm-hmm. um, at that what is it, that gala or whatever? That fundraiser? Fundraiser. Because when that happens. And her her friendship with Rebecca cracks me up. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. I'm like, I love it because it's it's sincere, but mm-hmm. it's also freaking ridiculous because of how crazy they are together. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, it, it's good. The divorce stuff, like, the one episode when his family comes, Mm-hmm. literally made me cry and I normally, oh, no. I normally don't cry like when I say I cry or freak out like inside I am but like this one literally made me cry I um, you know I, I felt that as well and I was like in a little bit of tears and I never gone through a divorce and stuff and all I want to do was give Ted a it hug re- it was and the crazy thing is is they didn't do it in a way where one of them was the bad guy because mm-hmm. even one of them was the bad guy because mm-hmm. Um, and it, I just, like, I felt so bad for both of them, because I felt, like, I felt really bad for Ted, because he still loved Michelle, mm-hmm. um, and stuff, and he wanted it to work, mm-hmm. but then I felt bad, because he let her go, which is the right thing to do, because she wasn't happy, mm-hmm. and I felt bad for her, because she was trying, because he knew she still cared about Ted, mm-hmm. um, and stuff, and, um, yeah, I was just, it was a lot. I I didn't expect that much emotion, but it was well done. Like that whole thing was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh, and Danny is a little ball of sunshine. It was so funny <laughs> when he first pops up and he's like, "Football is life." Football is life. I was dying. It was so cute. I was like, "Oh, okay." No. Now we got extra sunshine player here. Okay. Yeah. That said, I'm a little bit behind on season two. A little bit. I'm about two episodes behind. Um. What happens to him in the uh, in the season premiere? I actually was like, "Oh Jesus!" I felt so bad for him because it wasn't his fault. It was a complete accident, and that poor <laughs> it was so bad. Because I saw, because I I saw the title to it. I'm like, I'm like, oh no! Like who? What's happening? Like why are we saying goodbye to somebody? I'm like, who the heck is Earl? I think it was Earl, right? <laughs> so I was like, who who is that? Like what's happening? I was like, please don't tell me we're start, starting off on a depressing note. Um, and it was, it was sad, but it was also like not as serious as I thought it was gonna be. Like I thought, legit, one of the characters is gonna die. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, they 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 just kill a dog instead. I know it's terrible. Which it's so I I think that would be like Danny's whole thing would kind of be similar if like I wind up in that situation. Oh I, no, for sure. Like I would feel the same way if that, something like that happened to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, Cause it, that is just the dog got off the leash and wanted to chase the ball, or yeah. or what was it? A chick, a, another animal on. Nearby? I think it was either another animal or he wanted to chase the ball. But either way, like that was that was like oh wow okay we're doing this. Yeah, the one the episode that just released uh yesterday. Yeah, the um, Christmas episode, I believe. Christmas episode is so good. You'll you'll have a good time with it. I know. I'm really, I'm really excited. Yeah. But yeah. No. It's it's so good. Um, I'm so glad I watched it. It's actually. I thought it was going. I thought the episodes were going to be longer, but it's actually a quick binge, so it's mm-hmm. nice. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's so good. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just want to talk about that for a minute because I really like the show. Yeah. No. And I'm and I'm finally happy and I'm finally glad you watched the show finally because I've been I've been promoting it just be like you need to watch you need to watch this you need to watch this you need to watch this. Yeah, um, but yeah, anyways, anyways, that does it for our show this week. Jamie, please close us out. Of course. Okay, so please give us a follow on our all of our social media pages. We're at 
We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. That's with the number two. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. That is spelled all the way out. And you have, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. And um, we'd love to hear from you guys. So please feel free send us an email. Um, I haven't seen anything on the spam full case. Maybe your guys just went there, but <laughs> give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and a link to this will be in the show notes. All right. Anyway, see you, everyone. Bye. Bye.